Welcome to another edition of Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about the Tennessee Titans. Now, there have been some uh, interesting thoughts, both positive and negative, on those uh, the, the draft front. But here to actually talk about that is Mr. Teron Davenport. Thank you again for coming on, man. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But before we get to that, of course, I have to get off your chest segment. Something that I have to talk about that's kind of, you know, on my mind. And that's definitely uh, something on social media. Uh, more specific, dudes being disrespectful on social media. Every time I go on there, I, I, I expect to see something different sometimes. But I go on there and I see some dude being, dis- being disrespectful because the actual woman knows sports. Um, literally give you an example. I'm watching a timeline and someone has a dis so a man says something about something, woman disagrees with him. The man says, Hey, won't you get back in the kitchen? Won't you do this? Won't you do that? And I'm like, okay, um, yeah, that's completely uncalled for. Very much, very much uncalled for. And I'm like, you know, dudes, fellas, listen, there are women that know sports. There are women that can have conversations about sports. So please stop the foolishness. It is breaking my nerves. You're making us all look bad. I've had to say it, Teron, man. It, it, it's frustrating. I keep seeing it. And uh, my, my homie, uh, uh, Meg, I keep seeing her post something, and then somebody comes at her with the same – with the, talking about her being in the kitchen or not knowing sports and things like that. And it's, it's just completely frustrating. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. Many of these very knowledgeable women you've had on the show, you know, whether it's Karita Parks, you look at Sheena Quick, There's so many. Uh, Monica McNutt does an awesome job. She's fun to watch. Uh, Jamel Hill, when she used to talk shop, there's so many women who are very knowledgeable of not just football, tennis, basketball, everything. And I think that you, you really have to be careful because some of the things that I see, you know, you could end up not being existent anymore, canceled, so to speak. So, yeah, and plus, beyond that, it's just it's not right to – it's unnecessary. These women have, have earned respect, and they do their thing, and, and, you know, that's just the way I look at it. Yeah, I just had to open the show with that one because that was just on my mind because I keep seeing it over and over again. But, you know, speaking of uh, feeling disrespected, some uh, would say the Titans and uh, some of their uh, draft picks – may feel a little disrespected as well by those that are actually grading their draft. Uh, you know, from the offensive lineman being the first pick to Will Levis coming here to just different people that are that have been selected uh, by Rand Carthon and the Tennessee Titans to be a part of this team. Uh, we're going to start, of course, with something that didn't happen, though, and that was, uh, you know, a potential trade. Now, it was talked about before the draft about the potential trade, uh, the Titans going up to number three potentially, uh, and then also trading for a veteran wide receiver named uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Neither of those happened. Uh, do you uh, have any idea what happened with that or if that actually was indeed true? Well, there were talks about moving up to three. Now, DeAndre Hopkins, that part of it I don't believe is true. I think that was just you know a little bit of uh, – conjecture so to speak that's really what i know that there were talks but obviously it was for a particular player and cj stroud who i reported was the guy that they like back in march so 
he wasn't there. The trade fell apart, and at 11, they took Skoransky. That's more or less uh, what, what I know to have been the situation. All right. Definitely taking, uh, you know, that that's, you know, here's Skoransky is a physical guy now watching his tape i mean it you know watching him speak it's it's exciting to kind of uh think about the things he can do especially for derrick henry um and they, the titans took him with the 11th overall pick um mm-hmm. as far as the fit uh what did you think of the fit when they selected him as their 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 first uh, round pick this year it made sense really it, it made a lot of sense considering what they want to do you look at how Aaron Brewer spoke about everything being up-tempo and being athletes along the offensive line. He is just that. So it adds to what they are looking to do running the football, and he's not bad at pass pro. He's a guy you could bump in and play left guard. He could compete for the left tackle spot. I personally would have him play left guard, and guard is an important position. You know, you'll hear people say, hey, you know, you don't draft a guard there. It's okay if that guard is a Pro Bowl player, a, a high caliber player for years to come. That's a fine pick. Right. Uh, an example of a, a fine pick, picking a guard in the first round, uh, just to give people kind of a little uh, vision of that. Ben Grubb, when he was uh, playing at uh, Auburn, he got picked by the Baltimore Ravens in the first round. So that's yeah. an example. You can even look within the division, up. right? Quentin Nelson. Now, I'm not right. saying the Colts have won or lost because of him, but he's was a big part when that offensive line was rolling, they were competitive. Right. That's correct. That's correct. Now, um, you know, just in your opinion, from what I've gathered from you, you, you basically see him as a left guard more than a left tackle, perhaps. I think he could play either, but it's just with this circumstance, having signed Andre Dillard to the contract, he's probably going to be the left tackle for the next two years, provided that he plays well. Now, after that, okay, you could take Skaronski and bump him out to tackle. But in the meantime, you have him playing guard. And I think you look at that athleticism of uh, Aaron Brewer, Skaronski, and then Andre Dillard. That's a pretty athletic left side. And you know this team at times, you know, they, they take that run left moniker and they roll with that. And they can still do it with those guys. It's just Dillard, a little bit of a question with the run blocking. He's more solid at pass pro. Yeah, definitely, being that he's a, a former tight end playing uh, tackle. So I, I can definitely get the pass blocking with the sweet feet. Um, what I would also say is uh, Brunskill is probably going to be on the backside of that, and then uh, Petit Ferrer is what you're, what you're thinking? Right, right. And I think that from right to left is a pretty athletic group. I, I personally would like that offensive line. I think it's in good shape. Yeah, definitely. Um you know, going into this draft, you know, one of the concerns was the offensive line for the Tennessee Titans. But another concern was the wide receiver spot. And that was one of the biggest criticisms that some have had of the draft is that they did not take a wide receiver until the, the seventh round. Now, I have to shout out this wide receiver, Colton Dow, UT Martin Skyhawk. I am a former UT Martin Skyhawk, so I have to shout him out. I hope he does well. But um, as far as him going – at the seventh round and them kind of waiting that long, did it kind of, uh, were you kind of shocked by how long they waited to pick a wide receiver? Yeah. I mean, I was surprised from day two all the way to the end of the draft, to be honest with you. I understood the trade up to get Will Levis. That made sense. But you look in the third round, Tajay Spears, who by all accounts is going to be an outstanding running back, even contribute this year. 
I thought there would be some receivers that they could have taken there. And then you come back in the fifth, uh, yeah, the fifth, right? You know, you got um, Josh Wiley. They took him, and then they took Jalen Duncan, and I'm like, wow, they really? Because the whole time I'm looking at Xavier Hutchinson, At Perry, these type, even C.J. Johnson from East Carolina. I thought at some point they'll bring one of those guys in, but as you mentioned, Colton Dow is plenty talented. He's a guy. Rand Carthon said that once they selected him. He got text messages from other GMs and personnel types saying that that was their guy. That's the guy they were going to get in the seventh. So let's see. You roll the ball out there, see what he could do. We'll see it next week at rookie minicamps. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember the game he had against the University of Tennessee. I mean, I mean, I'm not to say yeah. that University of Tennessee's defense and defensive backs were great. But he was still out there doing any and everything he wanted to the entire game. It's just there's nothing they could do with him. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and that's a part of what you're asked to do as a guy from a, a non-power five. When you go against a power five, you got to level up. And that's what he did. So I, I shot him out for that. And that's something that, you know, Emory Hunt, uh, football game plan, CBS Sports, he actually put me on to him and told, told me. Uh, I had him on two weeks before the draft. And. I say, hey, look, who's the sleeper? And he mentioned uh, uh, Dow. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's a big guy that can run, too. 4-4, four, four, people. 4-4. Four, four. So I think he has a great opportunity to make the team, to be honest, with uh, the what the uh, wide receiver room looks like. Now, a quick question I did have for you. Racy McMath, is he still under contract or is he a free agent? Yeah, no, they got Racy McMath under contract. He's, he's in the mix. He's a guy that they had high hopes on. I remember that week of training camp. Everyone was like, oh, Race McMahon, because he beat a couple guys deep. Then he had the injury, and it just was a tough year for him. But he is a guy in the mix, sure. All right. And definitely looking forward to seeing that, because I still remember the pass uh, Malik threw to him, uh, a deep pass against the Baltimore Ravens in uh, the preseason. Yeah, 48-yard corner route. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, honestly, he has all the ability. It's just a matter of can he stay healthy, in my opinion. Um, yeah, and he has to learn to run through the catch a little bit better also and track the ball better as a receiver. You have all that speed. Don't decrease it by running with your hands out. You know, you got to throw the late hands, right? Track it down, throw the late hands at, at just the last second to, to catch it. So this way you can run through the catch and get yards after it. All right. Yeah, I did kind of mention it. I mentioned the Malik Willis. Uh, we're going to kind of get into the second round pick, uh, which was uh, Will Levis. And, you know, versus a Malik Willis. We're going to get into that right after this quick commercial break. Whether it's local or long distance, Milligan Logistics has you covered. Milligan Logistics was established in 2020 with over a combined 15 years of experience in trucking, hauling, and logistics, along with over 50 years collectively of project management experience. Again, whether it's near or far, Milligan Logistics has you covered with quality service, Efficiency while taking pleasure and exceeding clients' expectations. Need goods moved short or long distance? Milligan Logistics has you covered. Just reach out to them at 615-354-2618. That's 615-354-2618. Or you can send them an email at milliganlogistics at gmail.com. Again, that's milliganlogistics at gmail.com. From commercial break. And before we went to commercial break, we kind of talked about Malik Willis and Will Levis. Now, 
for, for those that aren't aware, which you probably should be, but uh, Will Levis was the second round pick for the Tennessee Titans this year, a quarterback out of Kentucky, which some rated very, very high, some rated very, very low in some aspects in terms of, you know, looking at the first round or beyond that. Um, now, compare that to last year, the Titans drafted Malik Willis in the third round. So now you have two quarterbacks you've drafted year back to back years. Um, and my question for you, Teron, is do uh, you know with with Ryan Tannehill being the starter, and now you got Malik Willis and you've got Will Levis? What does this mean for Malik Willis, in your opinion? Yeah, it doesn't mean too much good. I'll tell you that much. I'm not going to say they gave up on him, but I mean when you move up to get a quarterback the way that they did. He more or less is going to be earmarked to be the guy of the future. I think what it says to Malik Willis is come in and compete and try to win a job. At this point, his best bet is to win the backup job. He's going to have somewhat of an advantage just having been in the league a year. But you look at that year that he was in the league, it's not the same as it is for a lot of rookies because he didn't get to see full speed action as much. So there's a whole developmental process that he still has to undertake and it's going to be just a competition man i i don't want to say that they'll give up on him but i mean if they carry three quarterbacks i'll be surprised and obviously they're not going to uh not carry um will levis and ryan Tannehill is probably going to be the guy so it couldn't leave willis as the odd man out Right, right. Or uh, I don't know if they did they pass that rule about uh, having holding three active quarterbacks yet or no, that didn't pass, did it? No, that hasn't gone through all the way. Yet. OK. OK, I just was wondering, I was saying in that case they may. But, you know, of course, with the rules standing the way they are, then no, definitely. Yeah, But um, even on the roster, the 53 man roster itself, like that was in regards to the game day actives. But on the 53 man roster itself, I don't know if they'll be able to carry three quarterbacks. Okay. Now, as far as Will Levis in general, you know, besides, uh, you know, drinking coffee with mustard and eating, eating bananas whole, <laughs> what do you think of his potential in terms of on this team or what you've seen from him? Yeah, he has to learn to be more careful with the football. That's the big problem. There are times you see him throwing to triple coverage because he thinks and he's confident enough that he could fit the ball into really tight spots. So you'll see him try to do that, and that leads to turnovers. I think really it's a good match just because he's a big-arm quarterback. He's mobile. That play action, moving him around type of thing that the Titans are going to do, I think that will definitely match what he is, is capable of doing. The downfield passing desire that they have matches his big arm. So those are some of the things. But like I said, it's just keeping that decision-making right and not being careless with the football, especially with a defensive-minded head coach. So 23 interceptions over the last two years, obviously each one has its own story. Not all of them were Will Levis's fault. There were some, you know, drops. There were some times where receivers supposed to be in a certain place. Then there were other times where he had no business throwing the ball where he did. So it's just a matter of sorting through all of that and figuring out, okay, how is this guy going to be good? Yeah, another question I did have for him is, is, you know, when he leaves the pocket, it seems like he's a magnet for contact, too, instead of getting yeah. down or sliding, things like that, too. Yeah, that's the Josh Allen in him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, but, you know, the bad thing for him is there's only one Josh Allen. But, um, 
overall, the Titans drafted heavily offensively, taking two offensive linemen, one tight end, one wide receiver, one running back, and a quarterback. Uh, what are just your overall thoughts for the draft this year for the Titans? It's all about value and athleticism. You look at pretty much all of the guys, they had a high uh, relative athletic score. I mean, Colton McDowell, uh, Colton Dow, excuse me, for example, this guy, 40 inch vertical, 4 4 speed. His height, his weight is all there. What I don't remember how many reps on the bench, but I think it was a good amount. Um, you look at Skaronsky, you look at, you know, Jalen Duncan. You look at Tajay Spears, these are all pretty athletic guys. I know Spears ran into four fives or whatever, but he's definitely someone you watch him play, you see it. So I think that was the theme. It, it was about uh, future as well, because you're talking about the future quarterback, the future running back. You got Derrick Henry, you got Ryan Tannehill in limbo. I think this showed that they're gearing up to move on from those guys. Definitely, definitely an interesting uh, thing to think about is Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill potentially not being here. But, hey, you know, like in life, all good things have to come to an end. Now, this show is coming to an end, but we're not all the way to the end just yet. Uh, I do have a nice little game for you. Got five questions, two answers, and one choice. Uh, Some of it football, maybe a little bit of music as well. (laughs) Are you ready? Ready? Yeah, yeah, it froze for a second. I think we're good. Okay, cool, cool. First answer, uh, running back Tajay Spears or tight end Josh Wiley? Who has the more immediate impact? Hmm. I think Josh Wiley will because I think they're going to run a lot of 12 personnel. But make no mistake about it, that, you know, third down opportunity that Spears has is good too. But I'm going to go with Wiley because I think they're going to move him around and have him in packages with Chig the Convo. Okay. Yeah, I can definitely see that because, uh, you know, Chig is basically the only tight end on the roster at this point. Right. You got Trevon Wesco too, though. But yeah. Well, yeah. 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 That as well. Um, of course, I'm going to go to uh, a couple songs from Mr. Eric, uh, from Eric B. and Raquel. Paid in full or ain't no joke. Which one are you taking? Uh, that's tough. <laughs> I take Microphone Fiend over both of them, but. Paid in full, just that extended version is, yeah, that's the one for me. All right. Yeah, man, look, I listened to, I think I listened to both of them this morning. So, you know, I was listening them back. I was like, man, both of these songs are just great. You know, you just, and the sleeper, sleepers don't sweat the technique. Yes. Yes. There you go. You're right. You're right. Now, uh, going back to Titans, uh, Traylon Burks, uh, he's going to be basically the guy at wide receiver. You have him over or under a thousand yards this year. Mm. I'm gonna go under just because I mean AJ Brown is the only guy to give you a thousand yards in quite some time. So I'll take the uh the under, although I do think he's capable of, of putting up a thousand yard season. We'll see what this offense presents though. Gotcha. All right, going back to music, outcast or UGK. Which group, which uh, group are you taking? Ooh. I'm going to go with Outkast, you know, Benzo or Beamer, Southern Playlistic, Cadillac Music. But UGK got some bangers, too. Um, that that track they had with Mace, I definitely fool with that. But, yeah, I, I'll go Outkast. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, just a fun fact. My first ever concert I went to, UGK concert in high school. Mm. So there we go. Um, now, with the, the last question I have, with the changes to the uh, O-line uh, for the Titans, do you have Derrick Henry over or under 1,500 yards this year? Mm. I think Derrick goes out with a bang, man. You know, I'm going to go over 1,500 because you figure he had 1,500 with that O-line last year. I think he could do it with this one. Okay. All right. Well, five questions, two answers, one choice is over, and you are off the hot seat. Uh, thank you, Teron, for coming on the show, kind of dropping dropping your knowledge and expertise about the Tennessee Titans. After all, you do cover them. You do see them way more than any other person that I know. Uh, I just want to uh, – course uh give the floor to you tell everyone where they can find you on social media and what all you have going on and coming up yeah at t davenport underscore nfl on twitter just teron davenport i think it's the same ig you can just type in teron davenport and it'll show up uh there's two r's t-u-r-r-o-n um espn.com obviously definitely check out the nfl page the titans version of it is on there and talking with td on spotify google Podcasts, itunes I'm actually in studio now getting ready to record this week's edition. All right. And uh, if you haven't listened to Talking With TD, I suggest that you do, especially when you get Forever Titans wide receiver uh, Chris uh, Sanders come on there and y'all talk about who each other looks like, man. I got a yeah. couple for y'all, man, but I'm going to say those for another time. Yeah, well, he, <laughs> you know, he can't help it. He looks like Tyrone Hill. <laughs> Man, it, it, that part right there has me rolling every time. But uh, thank you for coming on, and thank everyone. Thank you everyone for tuning in and listening to Tornado South with your host Mike Patton. We're out. 